The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. What's going on, people? And welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5, or you can follow along on Twitter as for VSIN, the Sports Betting Network at VSIN Live on the tweets. We're with you for the next hour, so let me tell you what we got lined up for you on the show. 15 minutes from now, Alex Barutha will be hopping on to talk all things NBA. He's the assistant NBA editor over at RotoWire, so not only only will we get his thoughts on the slate tonight, but there has been some significant movement in the futures department, so we'll address that with Alex in 15 minutes. Half hour from now, Greg Hoops Peterson going to be hopping on to preview the final four. I know he's got already his action lined up from his line set. He said probably immediately after the games. So we'll have him address it in terms of where the lines have moved a little bit, how he would still play it, and if there's any futures bet, he still may see as a viable betting option. Now, after Greg, we've got Danny's Dimes. It's the final segment of the show, and we're always placing Danny's Dimes in there. And I got a couple of props in the NBA that I want to dish out. And we'll talk about one game that I had a strong lean with. But I do got two plays in terms of props for the NBA. But speaking of the NBA, I did want to start off the show talking about some of those big movements in the NBA futures market. 
Now, MVP's been really the up-and-down race all season. It's gone back and forth. You've had multiple guys involved. But at the end of the day, it's been neck-and-neck neck with the two top guys, the big men, Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. And for the longest time, we saw Joel Embiid, at least for the past couple of months, being the outright favorite for this award. He wasn't always laying money in this spot. But up to last week, he was as high as like minus 167, minus 170 around that range here at Bet Rivers. Well, then you saw ESPN. They conducted their straw poll. And we talked about this with Nick Whalen last night. And again, you know, a lot of these voters in this ESPN straw poll feature guys who are actually voting on this award. So that's why it's taken with a lot of degree and can shift odds as we have seen. So based on this last poll, Jokic was the favorite to win the award. He got the majority of the votes over Joel Embiid. Then you saw a big shift in the odds at pretty much every single book. Heck, even Bet Rivers had Jokic as slight plus money. Then it started gradually moving, went to about minus 134 today. And as I just reloaded the page once again before the show, now he's as high as minus 152. Man, I mean, this just goes to show how volatile these markets are. And despite what these odds are showing you, like I've been preaching for so long since last season when we hit the long shots to what we're preaching with Darius Garland, you see that it doesn't reflect how it could be voted. Jokic was anywhere from three to one for a while. And again, he was still getting plus money up until a couple days ago. And now he's the overwhelming favorite at minus 152. And now Embiid is getting the underdog value at plus 120. At this late in the game, based on what we saw from these two going up against each other and the underlying stats, it does add up to Jokic being the MVP. That's what we've been talking about. I mean, we didn't have it as a play, but when people came on the show talking about it, Alex Perutha mentioned it, Nick Whalen talked about it. We've had several people discuss it. Jokic, with his numbers and what he's been able to do with less, was more impressive, arguably, than what Joel Embiid has been showcasing. Now, looking into these stats, let's kind of compare them to see if it actually comes through. Jokic is averaging about 26.3 points per game, but he's shooting over 57.5% from the floor, 34.5% from deep. From the free throw line, he's knocking down about 81% of his attempts, getting about over 13 rebounds per game, 8 assists, 1 block per game, and over a steal per contest. Great numbers from the reigning MVP. Now, in comparison to Embiid, yes, Joel's putting up more points, 30 per game, but he's shooting less from the floor, 49%, over 36% from three, pretty much similar in terms of free throw shooting, 81.5%. He's grabbing 11.4 rebounds per game, so less than Jokic, less assists at 4.3. He's getting about 1.5 blocks per game and 1.2 steals per game. But then you got to consider how their teams are doing, right? I mean, the Sixers do have the better record. You look at their squad, they're 46 and 29 as of this point, and they currently have the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. We know how volatile that conference has been. They could absolutely wind up with the one seed. They could be as low as the fourth or maybe even fifth, but realistically the fourth seed. And then you look at Jokic and the Nuggets. Now they're 45 and 31. So record wise, they're not too far behind the Sixers, but with that record, they're sixth seed in the Western Conference. Now, if they can stay out of the playing game, this seems to be the sentiment and narrative surrounding if Jokic can win. If the Nuggets can stay and avoid this playing game and stay in the sixth seed, he should get this award. That's what it seems like it's going to come down to. 
And again, when you look at some of the other metrics to determine who's been more efficient, offensively, Jokic is plus 11.4 in terms of points scored per 100 possessions. If you don't realize how good that is, it's in the 99th percentile. Defensively, Jokic is minus 6.8 in terms of points allowed per 100 possessions. That's in the 93rd percentile. In comparison with Joel Embiid, you look at what he's doing offensively, he's only plus 6. Remember, Jokic is plus 11.4. So Embiid offensively, in terms of his efficiency, plus 6 is in the 89th percentile. And it gets worse defensively, where he's only minus 3.6, again, Jokic minus 6.8. So defensively, that puts Embiid as a big guy in the 77th percentile. Now, efficiency differential overall, another stat that we like to throw out there, courtesy of cleaning the glass. Jokic is at now astounding. I mean, 18.2 efficiency differential, again, in the 99th percentile. And what that measures is team's points scored per 100 possessions minus team points allowed per 100 possessions. How much value is he actually bringing to the table? And just to compare it, last season when he won MVP, his efficiency differential was 6.4. Again, it's 18.2 right now. It's incredible. And you look at Embiid, I mean, his isn't bad. It's plus 9.6, but it's nowhere close to what Jokic has been providing on a nightly basis. For plus 9.6, that puts Embiid in the 93rd percentile. And then you can also measure expected Ws, how many games a team would win with his efficiency differential in the course of an 82-game season. Jokic is at plus 42. Embiid is at plus 24. Huge discrepancy. And again, just to compare it to last season for Jokic and his MVP, he was at plus 14. Now he's at plus 42. The underlying stats, which you hear people talk about all the time, the voters love to address, there is huge discrepancies in favor of Jokic. I get it. Maybe they're not as pretty of a team. You don't have a higher seeding like the Sixers do in the Eastern Conference, but the records are pretty close, and Jokic has clearly done more with less. Right? I mean, not only has Joel Embiid had talent throughout the whole course of the year and really didn't have to deal with injuries, but then you also acquired a future Hall of Famer in James Harden. Yet, this Nuggets team came to your home floor with James Harden, with Joel Embiid, and they beat you. Now, yes, Joel Embiid had a better statistical game, but Jokic is still the leader of that team and conducted them all the way to a victory on the road. That is huge. And I get that maybe sometimes you have voter fatigue. You don't want the same guy going back to back. No, no, no. It's a little bit different here with Jokic. He won it one time, and he hasn't always been in the tops of the discussion. So I don't think that's going to factor in too much. And you're seeing the market adjust to it, and I think that is going to come to fruition that Jokic will be the MVP if they avoid the playing game. So, no, the value's not necessarily there, but if you're looking for still maybe, I guess, relatively a solid bet if it goes up to minus $2, if the Nuggets can get on a little hot streak here to end the season, I mean, Jokic seems to be your guy based on the recent results of the poll, based on the stats we've been talking about so often on the show and just based on where the markets move. So it looks like it is going to be Jokic if the uh, voting were conducted today. Now, I do want to keep the conversation in the futures market because I briefly discussed this yesterday or the other day uh, with Nick Whalen. Yeah, yesterday when he had him on the show. And I've been pondering this a little bit for quite some time. Well, not quite some time. I guess a week and a half, a week or so. And looking to get involved in the uh, the NBA championship markets. And it, it really hasn't been that attractive because 
I mean, obviously you have your top-heavy squads, but with your top-heavy teams, the value isn't too attractive. Now the Suns are plus 275. I get it. They're the best team in the NBA right now, but I'm not looking to take just plus 275 this far out of the postseason. Brooklyn Nets, they dropped down to 6-1. to one. They were close to as high as the Suns were for quite some time. And look, Kyrie being able to play both home and away games is huge, but I still don't think the Nets are necessarily that ready with the new squad. But when you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, anything good can happen. But defensively, they're definitely a liability on that side of the ball. So I'd probably cross out the Nets. You get the Bucks at 6-1, to one, the Warriors at 7-1. to one. They've been dealing with too many injuries, but of course could come alive in the playoffs if they stay healthy. Sixers dip down a little bit to 10-1. to one. They can't win big games. They just lost to the Bucks in dramatic fashion last night after blowing a huge lead. The Celtics are 10-1. to one. They're rising up, but they're missing Robert Williams for at least the first round of the postseason. The Miami Heat could definitely see some value at 12-1. to one. I know that they're on this little bit of a losing streak, and they got a tough game tonight at Boston. But if they were to lose this and they still kind of keep losing, keep your eye out for Miami. This is still a really deep team. Very well coached, despite what you're seeing on the sidelines from the nonsense that Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolster, Udonis Haslam all were a part of. This Heat team still could have some value. Grizzlies at 16-1, a little bit too premature. We've talked about this before. I'm not totally in on the Grizzlies. Mavericks, Nuggets, 25-1. Jazz at 25-1. I don't hate that idea. But the team that I am looking to bet, and I may end up doing so by the end of this week, is actually going to be toward the front of the list with the Milwaukee Bucks at 6-1. to one. Like I said, I mean, you know, after I saw just how much they dominated this Bulls team, and again, it wasn't just because they beat the Bulls why I was more so looking into the Bucks here. It just made me realize how deep this team is and how quickly they can flip that switch and beat anybody. I mean, last night proved it even more so coming back against the Sixers, getting out in front, Giannis with the game-sealing block. I mean, this team can compete with anybody, and the championship hangover, if there was any, it's gone. They're going to be ready. They're as deep as any squad in the league. And at 6-1, to one, I don't think it's too terrible with this Bucks team that by the start of the postseason, it won't be there any longer. And then instead of doing the Eastern Conference, if you do the championship at 6-1, to one, of course, you can hedge. But something to keep a lookout for. We'll address it a little bit more so next with Alex Barutha talking NBA here on Rush Hour. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's 
true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion centered around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get them available, and you'll get set up with several episodes a week in solid local sports betting content. All righty, welcome back to Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bet River Sportsbook in Des Plaines, Illinois. We started off the show talking some hoops, and we're going to continue it now with our good pal Alex Barutha, who's the assistant NBA editor over at RotoWire. And Alex, it's getting down to the crazy time of the year. We're getting kind of close to realizing who these awards are going to be given to. I know Jokic and Embiid keep going back and forth. We'll get your thoughts on that momentarily. But a lot of these games have a lot on the line because of the playing game scenario and furthermore, which is seeding overall. And tonight, I want to start with this one matchup that both teams are obviously in postseason contention. There's been some intriguing line movement, and this is this matchup in Cleveland with the Cavs and the Mavericks. Now, Cleveland is completely banged up, but I know Dallas is a little bit too. 
But I think the Mavericks open as high as like three, three and a half, and the market is just going toward Cleveland. I was close to pulling the trigger on Dallas. I'm waiting to see if maybe if you like Dallas here, you could push me over the hump. But is, is that the side you're maybe uh, leaning toward for this game? Yeah, I like Dallas here. Um, you know, the line movement, definitely interesting. Makes me a little hesitant. But I, some of that might be that the Mavericks, second night of a back-to-back, I, I, I don't really mind that. I mean, they easily took care of of the Lakers last night, Doncic only played 30 minutes, which for him is nothing because he's usually up 36 to 40 minutes. Um, you mentioned the the Mavericks are banged up. Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie is out, and he's been, I mean, relatively crucial to their team, but it's nothing that I think the team collectively can't make up. Um, and that's, I mean, compared to the absences of Jared Allen and Evan Mobley for the Cavaliers, I mean, that Dinwiddie injury is, is nothing. So, I mean, I... I I, Cleveland might be able to get hot from three. Like they have Laurie Markinen and Kevin Love. Maybe those guys catch fire. I know they're starting Moses Brown, but the Mavs are one of the best defensive teams in the NBA in general, but also when it comes to defending the three. So uh, for me, this is, I, I would like the Dallas money line here. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I mean, again, you always want to respect the market, but at this point, maybe it's just a better opportunity to get a better number on this Dallas squad that I do think will have a better opportunity in this game. But like you said, it is a little, it makes it kind of hesitant because of the movement. But second leg of a back-to-back, -back, maybe they're factoring that in too much. Uh, let's talk about this Nuggets and Pacers game here, Alex. I know you've got a prop that you're seeking out for this game because we do see the spread at 10.5 in favor of Denver. This total's at 235.5, but you're looking at the prop market for this matchup. Yeah, I like Jokic to go over his points, rebounds, and assists. Last number I saw this at was 47 and a half. Um, obviously, the worry here, maybe Nuggets get out to a huge lead. You mentioned the spread. It's in double digits now. Maybe Jokic doesn't play the fourth quarter, but, I mean, they played the Wizards uh, on March 16th, one by 18 points. Jokic goes for 29, 13, and 8 in 26 minutes. Uh, and Indiana's front court's way worse than Washington's front court. Um, they only, you know, they don't have Porzingis or anything like that. Like even, even the Pacers backups are banged up. It's Batatze and Isaiah Jackson. Like those guys aren't even fully healthy. Um, I think Jokic can dominate from everywhere on the court. He's showing it all year. And even if the Pacers resort to just double teaming him, obviously he's one of the best guys in the league at passing out of that. Um, I, this month he's averaging 29, 13 and eight. So um, it's, it's hard not to like it. I understand that people want to stay away from the blow up potential, but I think he could put up huge numbers even in, in short minutes. Well, Alex, while we're talking about Jokic, I began the show talking about the differences in the MVP odds after that straw poll from ESPN came about. Jokic is now the betting favorite, upwards to minus 152 at Bet Rivers, and Embiid goes to about plus 120. I mean, based on that, still based on the numbers we've seen, do you believe that those uh, correctly correlate what's actually going to come to fruition being Jokic as the MVP once again? I do. Yeah, I, I think so. I think Jokic has first pr place pretty locked up, um, you know, and people want to point to, oh, Philly's been playing better this season. Denver has only one fewer win or one less win than the 76ers with a much worse supporting cast around Jokic. Jokic's field goal percentage is almost 10 points higher than Embiid's. Just the numbers, all the advanced numbers point to Jokic is just staggering at this point. And I think even more so, you have to factor in who's getting second and third place votes. I think Giannis and Embiid are going to split a ton of second place votes. And I think, you know, some people maybe vote Giannis first. 
I think Embiid and Giannis are just going to split a ton of votes. And I think ultimately Jokic is, is just going to come out on top based off of the advanced numbers, the record of his team, the, the help around him. Uh, I, I would be pretty confident that he's going to, to be MVP this season again. Yeah, I'm right there with it. It's been fun to track it all along, and hopefully some people were able to get some plus money on him, considering, like we said, he's upwards to minus 150 and above. Minus 152 right now at Bet Rivers. Uh, Alex, moving on to this NBA slate for tonight, maybe a game that some people aren't as intrigued with, but doesn't mean there can't be a good betting opportunity, and that's going to feature the Wizards and the Magic. Now, Washington at home, we're seeing as a three-point favorite, minus 150 on the money line, total at 280. 18 in the hook. Look, Orlando's been one of the most brutal teams in the association. Is this just a spot where you got to fade them? Yeah, that, that's what I'm looking at here. I know it's that not uh, too exciting of a game. Washington's on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, which is why I think this number isn't as big as it could be. Um, uh, but it was a home game yesterday, so there's no travel involved. I, You know, they, the Wizards, they played the Bulls well yesterday before a bad fourth quarter, so I assume they'll be able to take care of Orlando. Uh, since the All-Star break, Orlando has losses to Indiana, Detroit, OKC, and Sacramento, all tanking teams, all worse than Washington. So Wizards are better than all those teams. I'm all right taking the money line, the spread, whatever you want to do here with the Wizards. All right, Alex, and let's move to one of the premier games of the evening, Miami taking on Boston. Now, the Celtics have had the Heat's number this season, but obviously things change considering they're missing Robert Williams. The spread's now at five. Boston about minus $2 on the money line. Miami plus 165. Short total here, 213 and a half. That's where you have your interest, right? Surrounding around this total. I mean, you see these teams, you understand the good defense they have, but is it maybe too low? I think it's a little low. So what this is for me, it's a play on Robert Williams' absence, right? He tore his meniscus the other night. He's out at least four weeks. That's the word. You know, this team is the Celtics. Five points worse per 100 possessions with him off the court on defense. And this whole turnaround that the Celtics have been on basically since they were a 500 team early in the year and they just went on an absolute tear, that was all built around Robert Williams' defense, shifting him from guarding centers and putting him at the rim to putting him on the wing and having him play help side defense. Um, I think without him on the court, uh, Things are going to not look as great for Boston down the stretch. I think they're going to have to readjust their defense again. And I think it's going to struggle right out of the gate. Maybe they adjust eventually. But I think this is a good opportunity to take the over on this game where the Celtics probably are going to need to score to keep up with the heat, especially if their defensive uh, stuff falls behind. All right, Alex, final game I want to get your thoughts on. Tell me about the Phoenix Suns on the road against the Warriors. Now, I'm... Very tempted to look toward Phoenix here. They're up to minus five. And Golden State obviously missing Steph. They've kind of been a very untrustworthy squad. I mean, you saw the same thing when they were missing Draymond Green. So to me, it's got to be Phoenix or nothing, but it's still the Warriors at the end of the day. Despite it, do you have enough confidence in Phoenix here to cover? Yeah, I, I, I like the cover opportunity here for the Suns. Um, Golden State, just not a good team without Curry. They're minus five and a half points per 100 possessions with him off the court. That's not good at all. Uh, you you kind of mentioned, yes, they are Golden State, right? The Draymond Glee, uh, Green and Clay Thompson, those guys have clout, right? Tons of respect. Jordan Poole's been frisky. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga has been interesting as well. But I, I ultimately, like, I just don't trust them to play an extremely competitive game against the Suns, who are running, like, they're a machine right now. 
um, Lonnie Williams, potential coach of the year, just sheer amount of wins. They're the favorite, uh, or the, you know, they, they're expected to win the title. Um, you know, Cam Johnson's out right for the Suns. If you want to point to something, Cam Johnson's out, but Phoenix has thrived through much worse. They got through that whole Chris Paul absence really well. I, I just would not trust the Warriors in this spot, even though they are at home. Alex Barutha, ladies and gentlemen, give him a follow on Twitter at Alex underscore NBA Rutha. And of course, catch all of his content over at Rotowire. Alex, thank you very much for some of your inside bets, tips, and all that good stuff. We'll look forward to much more on the website. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You got it. Once again, that's Alex Perutha going over the association and all the top games and a little bit of futures discussion. Love getting into that with Alex. And we started off with it. We'll bring it back a little bit more so at the end of the show because I do have two dimes revolving around the NBA with some props. And I wanted to go over one of those games we did discuss. So we'll take a quick break from the NBA. We'll talk with Greg Peterson next. Still be basketball, but we got Kyle Choops with the master himself. We've got Final Four discussion and the NIT Championship Xavier and Texas A&M. Greg's got bets. We'll listen to him next here on Rush Out. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the sports betting network. The NFL Draft is in Las Vegas, and Beeson will have extensive coverage, including mock drafts from Matt Humans and Michael Lombardi, who, of course, is a former NFL GM. Plus, Beeson host Mike Pritchard, who was a first-round pick, and Sean King, a Super Bowl-winning champion, will give you insight on who you can bet. Also, legendary sports broadcaster and voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, Brett Musburger, will give his draft best bets in our NFL Draft betting guide. To make sure you sign up today to get full access to Beeson through the Masters, the start of the Major League Baseball season, and the NFL Draft for only $19. Check it out at Beeson.com slash spring. That's B-S-I-N.com slash spring. Okay, welcome back to Rush Hour here on VEASAN. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Windy City. Joining us out on the West Coast in Las Vegas is Greg Hoops Peterson, VEASAN's college basketball expert at GUnit underscore 81 where you could follow him on Twitter. I know the uh, college basketball season is dwindling down, but don't worry, Greg. He ain't taking any days off. We talked about Major League Baseball, and he will be covering and betting every single game like he does for college hoops. And we still got the final four and some NIT to look forward to, my man. So we might as well get your final thoughts on those games. And, well, let's begin with the final four and talk about the matchup that has never happened in the tournament Duke and North Carolina, Greg, and this Duke team has been a steady four-point favorite this whole week. Total has gradually gotten higher. Now it's at 151 at Bet Rivers. Where did you set your numbers? How are you looking to bet it? I made Duke a four-point favorite, and we saw a couple four and a half a little bit earlier in the weekend. I do think at some point we're probably going to see a couple books move to a four and a half once again. You got to figure that. Public narrative is going to be that it's Coach K's final ride. Everything humanly possible is going to be done to get Coach K into the final. And while I do think that Duke winds up winning the game outright, keep in mind, North Carolina went on the road just a few short weeks ago. They were able to get the job done on the road. And I think Armando Baycott has a chance to be the best player in this game, a guy that's able to give you 17 points, 12 and a half rebounds, 
while the North Carolina defense certainly has been shaky this year, you're going to be playing this game at the New Orleans Superdome. And as we know, when you wind up getting into these football stadiums, a lot of time the shooter's eye, it's not necessarily there for them. The backdrops are a little bit strange. So that causes teams to get off to a little bit of a rough start. What doesn't go into a funk is strong play down low, good rebounding in North Carolina. Second in the country in terms of percentage of opponents' misses that do not result in an offensive rebound. Opponents only grab an offensive rebound on right around 19% of their misses when North Carolina's away from Chapel Hill. So I do think that that's going to keep it close. And for the reasons I just stated with the just funky shooting backgrounds and the fact that you do have a guy in Armando Baycott that is not going to allow Duke to get second chances, I look at an under as well. I think that the move on the total has been the opposite of what I would like to see. I want to say my total more around a 148-ish. Wow. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's going to keep climbing. You talk about the late money coming in because of the narrative with Duke. I'm sure people see the Tar Heels in this Duke squad and think, all right, points, 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 which could happen. But you're right. I mean, if you have a little patience, it might get even higher and could get a better opportunity to come in on the under. Now, Greg, for the other game that's coming beforehand, being Villanova in Kansas, this is the one that I'm looking to get involved with. But you get this Kansas line at four in the hook. They're minus $2 on the money line. The Wildcats plus 165. Total a lower one at 132 in the hook. I like Kansas. I need them for a couple of reasons. Bracket, futures, all those good things. But, I, you know, I would have been a lot more scared had more been in this game. I mean, the second leading score for Villanova, of course, is going to be missing this matchup. And I think that's going to be huge. But again, maybe I'll end up laying the four. But how, how do you look to bet this with Kansas now as a four and a half point favorite? Yeah, it was one of those situations in which I feel like the best number you were going to be able to get is early. You want to seeing this open up Kansas laying three and a half. I laid the three and a half. Now that you're at four and a half, the value is really starting to leave with Kansas because I see this being one of those games in which Kansas gets a job done. They're able to make the national title game, but I think Villanova's going to duplicate what they wound up doing in the NCAA tournament last year where they did not wind up having Colin Gillespie. And in those three games in the NCAA tournament, they played at a pace that is slower than what any team has played at the last two years for the consistency of an entire season. They played right around 61 and a half possessions per game. They made it just very much an eyesore. If you were watching any of those games, we recall they actually gave Baylor the best game of the season in route to the title last season in the NCAA tournament. So I do think that it's going to be a case in which Villanova, with having essentially a five-man rotation, depending on how they use Chris, Chris Archie Diacono, they're going to be really looking to slow things down. They're going to look to try to make this game as low possession as possible, perhaps try to get to the free throw line since they are the number one team in all of college basketball in terms of free throw shooting percentage. But I think that in the end, Kansas just has a little bit too much firepower. I think the Villanova, much like we wound up seeing in that game against Baylor last year, they're going to get figured out towards the second half. So I like Kansas to be able to get it done. I just think in a very slow, very low possession game here at four and a half, it's one of those cases in which if you like Kansas, I would either look for an alternative way to bet it. Maybe you jump in in game or you just wind up waiting for a line move at this point.
Yeah, I think that's kind of the right approach as well. If I get four, I might end up doing it. But if not, like you said, could always go with the in-game betting option, which has been great this tournament, by the way. Uh, Greg, just for now, conversation's sake, let's go ahead and predict that it is going to be Duke and Kansas. I don't know if you've already considered what you're going to have your line, but Bet Rivers has that potential matchup as a pick em right now, and the total at 150.5. Is that where maybe you're setting your sights for putting this number? I'd be looking to set Duke as a very slight underdog. I'd be setting Kansas more around a one and a half to a two point favorite, depending upon where you look. And that is sort of what I expect from the books. I expect myself to be just a touch higher on Kansas. I was expecting, honestly, a lot of look at lines to be more like Duke laying a point. And I could see that happening. You could wind up seeing books wind up opening Duke a pick if you do wind up getting this matchup. And then everyone's just like, oh, Coach K is not going to lose his last game. We're going to bet on Duke as a pickup. And then you wind up getting Kansas as a very slight underdog, in which I would just look to take a money line price, whether that be just saving a little bit of juice, maybe getting even money, something in that neighborhood. But I would be setting Kansas as a very slight favorite. I just think that they are a little bit of a better team because Remy Martin, I feel like, is someone that hasn't been accounted for enough. Prior to the Elite Eight game, he had seen a rise in his point total in eight consecutive games. He gives a new dimension to Kansas and really makes this backcourt hard to guard. When it comes to a total, I'd be a little bit lower on this one as well, just because you do have the funky backdrop. And then just keep in mind, this is 18 to 23-year-old kids. Duke, honestly, a lot of those guys are a little bit younger. They're one of the least experienced teams in the country. Jitters wind up getting to you in this sort of a big spot. And the first thing that winds up going when it comes to that is he jump shooting. So I'd be looking at a little bit more of an under. I'd be setting that total closer to about a 147, 148, much like we have for this Duke versus North Carolina game with regards to my handicap. All right, Greg, well, a championship game we do have set and is coming closer in the future tomorrow night, to be exact, is the NIT championship, Xavier and Texas A&M. The Aggies, a four-and-a-half-point favorite, minus 205 on the money line, Xavier plus 165. This total, 137, and the hook, my friend. But uh, where did you set your numbers for this game? I did want to say my total at a 138. Now, if you've got a Xavier team that has scored 72-plus points in each other last six games, You've noticed ever since the interim coaching regime has taken over, Xavier has played a little bit faster on offense, and they've been a little bit more efficient. And I wound up having to make a little bit of a move on Xavier after what we wound up seeing against the Bonnies of St. Bonaventure yesterday. I made them a two-and-a-half-point underdog. So I'm not going to be looking at the money line, but I'm going to be taking a look at the points when it comes to Xavier because I honestly feel like in watching these NIT games, Travis Steele was just not doing a good job in general. And four years at Xavier got them to the NCAA tournament as many times as myself. And well, I've never coached Xavier. So that's a big old zero right there. So not necessarily the world's greatest situation with that regard at Texas A&M. I just worry about them. If it's a close game, being able to knock down free throws, they shoot sub 70% at the charity stripe. I believe they went either six of 12 or six of 13 at the free throw line yesterday against Washington state. Xavier's a team that they've been doing a solid job down low each other top three scores give you at least 5.7 rebounds per game. Texas A&M, they've got two guys that give you more than four and a half rebounds per game. So I think that Xavier going to be able to do a solid job down low. Not sure if Xavier's going to be able to get the job done outright, but I'm willing to think between four and four and a half with them. 
Awesome. Well, hey, Greg, always appreciate it, my man. Thanks for all your hard work, all college basketball season. If we don't end up talking to you on Championship Monday, thanks again, and we'll look forward to talking some baseball with you very, very soon. Absolutely. Always a pleasure, Danny. Thank you. You bet. Greg Peterson, folks, give him a follow on Twitter at GUnit underscore 81. Catch him hosting the Greg Hoops Experience or the Greg Peterson Experience, rather. That's how much we call him Greg Hoops because he is Greg Hoops Peterson. So he is looking at the potential matchup for Duke and Kansas. And then the slight edge to the Jayhawks, who right now are plus 190 to win it. Duke, the short shot, plus 135. Or you could go with the underdogs, Nova, 5-1, to one, or the Tar Heels at plus 525. But I'm happy to see that Hoops is uh, gravitating a little bit more toward Kansas. That's at least what I'm hoping for. But let me tell you what I'm betting for tonight. Stick around. We've got Danny's Dimes coming next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, 
We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Tourney Madness continues this week at Bet Rivers with three new missions for the final round of games. It's your last chance to score a free bet during the tournament, so make sure you go to BetRivers.com or the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app to check out the final missions and enjoy final games of the tournament. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Make your bets this weekend with Bet Rivers. Okay, final segment. It is rush hour. The network is Beeson, and I'm Danny Burke, your host. At Danny Burke 5, you can get in touch on Twitter at Beeson Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Speaking of place and bets at Bet Rivers, it is time to give you my bets that you can do just that with in this segment, which is Danny's Dime. So let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. A couple of plays I've got throughout the association. And then one game I just want to kind of dissect and go over with a strong lean. But two props that I am riding with tonight in the NBA, beginning with this Raptors and Timberwolves matchup. How about OG Ananobi getting some love from it seems like a decent amount of people tonight and his player prop his points is at 13 and a half there was some steam generating throughout the day i saw some shops had 14 in the hook but make sure you do your due diligence because i'm riding with ananobi over 13 and a half points at minus 125 now ananobi's been out for quite some time i mean i think it was what a majority of february heading into march he was dealing with an injury but he's been back three games since that injury and since that injury he has gotten 14 16 and 14 points consecutively now overall this season Ananobi's averaging 17.3 points per game and with the prop set at 13 in the hook this is a mark he's eclipsed in 34 out of 45 games this season 76 percent clip so no he hasn't played in a ton of games still a good amount to feel comfortable of him going over 13 and a half, which again, he has done in every single game except 11 of them this season. Now, again, he's gone over this in each of the three games he's been back since his injuries, and he's shooting 50% from the floor, and three of six, uh, he's averaging three three-pointers on six attempts per game in those three games. Now, he has gone up against the Timberwolves once. He stayed under, actually. He had 10 points. That's because he didn't connect on any threes, but remember, he's averaging three per game thus far since he's been back. He went 4 of 11 that game, 2 of 2 from the charity stripe, and again, just total 10 points. But if you were to able to get you know a couple more threes, what he's been averaging as of late, that would have pushed him over the total. Now, again, with Minnesota coming into the mix here, where do the Timberwolves present maybe an opportunity 
for uh, OG Ananobi. Well, they're allowing opponents to make over 65% of their shots at the rim, which is 16th. 35% from three, which isn't bad. It ranks ninth. But here's the thing. The shot attempts is what I'm looking at for this matchup. In Minnesota, they're allowing their opponents to get 34% of their shot attempts at the rim, which is 20th. So plenty of opportunities within four feet of the bucket, potentially for Ananobi, a guy where at the rim is where 33% of his shot attempts come. And then from three, while yes, their opponents maybe ain't knocking them down too consistently, their opponents are getting 39.5% of their shot attempts from beyond the arc, which is 25th worst in the NBA. So again, the opportunities could be there consistently for Ananobi, where 43% of his shot attempts come from deep, and he's making 36% of them. So if he can tally a couple three-pointers like he's been doing as of late and tag that along with potentially thriving at the rim, I think this is a good opportunity for OG Ananobi to get over 13.5 points, and that's what I bet at the price of minus 125. So that's the first play we're rolling with tonight. Let me take you to another player prop. Now I'm going to address two sections of this prop, but I'm only betting one of them. But I do have the lean on the other and the lean is going to be Luka Doncic points prop at 30 in the hook, as low as about minus 102 to the over, the under anywhere around minus 120 or so. And the reason I'm looking at Luka, now I get it. We talked about this game with Alex Barutha, the Mavericks taking on the Cavs, and they're on the second leg of a back-to-back -back is Dallas, despite beating the Lakers. It's still the second leg, but what you got to remember is that Luka didn't really play the fourth quarter. He only got 30 minutes in the game, and like Alex was saying, he's typically anywhere from about 36 to 40. So he had some time to rest. Now this season, he's averaging 28 points per game. And he's gone over 30 and a half points in 22 out of 59 games this season. He was able to go over it last night against the Lakers despite just playing 30 minutes. And he has gone up against Cleveland before. Now, he had a pretty good game, and I'm saying pretty good in relativity to what Luka can and is capable of doing because, well, he went 9-21 from the floor and got 25 points. So, no, that wouldn't be good for this prop, but he did knock down seven three-pointers. Pretty impressive. Uh, they did lose that game 114-96, by the way. Now, what could be more intriguing for Doncic here is that the Mavericks are missing some weapons. They're going to be without Dinwiddie, Trey Burke, and Sterling Brown. So, again, may be forced to take even more shots than he normally would. And JVT had a great note in his write-up at VEASAN.com. Like I always say, make sure you're checking out his and Andy McNeil's write-ups for the NHL and NBA. And what JVT threw out there is since the Cavs have been missing their big man, Jared Allen, they're not only 2-7-1 against the spread, but their opponents are getting over 115 points per 100 possessions, and they have a minus 3.8 net rating. So more offense for their opponents, a.k.a. more offense for Luka Doncic. Now, looking at where Doncic gets a lot of his shot attempts, 46% come from mid-range, 36% come from deep. Now, the Cavs ain't too bad defensive-wise overall. I think they're top five, but they are limiting opponents to about 42% from mid-range, ranks 12th. 35% from three, ranks 11, so nothing too crazy. But again, it's Luke. He's going to create opportunities regardless of how good the defense is. And just to throw this out there, I mean, since it is a second leg of a back-to-back, -back, the last two games he has been involved on the second leg of a back-to-back, -back, he has scored 37 and 34 points respectively. And he's gone over this mark in seven out of 13 games in the month of March. So I do have the strong lean to his points over, but if you recall what I was talking about the previous matchup against the Cavs, he got 25 points, 
but also he hit seven three-pointers. So he went off from deep. So then it got me thinking, all right, well, what's his three-point field goals made prop listed at at Bet Rivers? And three in the hook was the number. Earlier, it was about plus 135 to the over. The under was minus 175. I know the over's been catching some steam because I believe it's about plus 120, somewhere around there right now. But I played him to get four or more three-pointers at plus 135 earlier today. Now, this season, he's averaging 3.1 threes made on about 8.7 attempts per game. He's gone over this mark in 23 out of 59 games this season. Again, with 30 in the hook, he's gone over 22 games, so it's only a one-game difference. But if you look at what he's done more recently in the month of March, we talked about him over 30.5 points, 7 out of 13 games he's gone over this month. But with 3.5 three-point field goals made, he's gone over this in 9 out of 13 games this month and the last three games in a row. Plus, this month, if you want the averages, he's making four threes per game and taking over 10 attempts from deep. Remember, 7-11 beyond the arc against Cleveland. I'm assuming the same is going to happen, and I like the idea that you're getting plus money for this as opposed to having him go over 30 points, which I do believe he's capable of, but I like getting this plus money. And again, there have been situations where he's gone over this, but not his points. So for that reason, I'm going with Luka Doncic over. Three and a half three-point field goals made at plus 135. You're still getting plus money. I would still look to play that with Doncic going over. So that's what we got. Doncic over three and a half threes. And then we're going with OG Ananobi over 13 and a half points for our two official plays, a.k.a. Dandy's Dimes, this evening. Now, I did, like I said, wanted to go over one game really quick and just offer my two cents. This is going to be the Miami Heat-Boston Celtics matchup. Man, this thing's intriguing to look to taking the points with Miami. The spread got as high as five in the hook. Right now at Bet Rivers, you see Miami catching five. I know Barutha liked the over 213. Right now it's at 213 and a half. Uh, Boston's coming off an OT loss at Toronto on Monday, but they didn't have Brown or Tatum. They'll be playing tonight, but remember, they're still without Robert Williams. The Heat finally got a win, got off of their losing streak. They dismantled Sacramento 123 to 100. They had lost their previous four games. But even though with Brown, Tatum, Smart on the floor, without Robert Williams, as JVT noted in the write-up, they have a minus 9.5 net rating, and their defense allowing 115 points per 100 possessions. Now, Boston has taken care of business against the Heat. They beat them in November 95-78, to and then in January 122-92. to But again, this Heat team, I mean, it's the end of the season. The Celtics may be banged up with Robert Williams. That will be a big impact. And also, I mean, to beat a team three times or more is very difficult, especially when it's a top-tier team like Miami. They need to get a big win for the camaraderie, even though, yes, they got over the losing streak. It was against the Kings. Got to get an impressive win here. And even if they don't, maybe they could keep it close enough in terms of catching the five. So, again, I'm a little hesitant just because the Heat have kind of done me dirty in the past, but I would consider taking the points with Miami for a potential bet tonight. Or, of course, you could wait in game, see if you get something better. We are rolling with those two props tonight. Doncic's over three and a half threes and an OB over 13 and a half points. Best of luck if you tell, folks, or with whatever you're playing. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Rush Hour. We will be back tomorrow for plenty more sports betting action right here on Rush Hour. Take care. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.